Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 101, The Holiday Letdown. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. And this is Dr. Donna Bevanley helping you heal your family legacy. Welcome back. And we are now in 2023. And last time you might remember, <laughs> if you were listening, that we talked about goal setting for the year. Um, and I just want to remind you that they're goals. Okay. And they include exercise, diet, and sleep. Now, what I'm going to talk about today kind of has, can be related to that in some ways. Um, and that is the post holiday letdown. And, you know, for those of you who have never heard this, I think that it was probably a phrase that was coined by therapists. All right. Because January and February are usually our busiest times. I'm saying usually <laughs> because there are other times that are equally busy. And I seemed like I was always busy, so I stopped keeping track of it. But I do know that there is such a thing because even though I was busy all the time and I, it's like I didn't get busier because I refused to work more hours. Um, but I can tell you that after the holidays, people's spirits were just down. They were down. People who had depression felt more depressed, felt more symptoms of depression. Uh, families that were struggling start struggling again. You know, they didn't. It's like one of the things is that with families and even couples, like they didn't have all the distractions that go along with holidays. I mean, yeah, let me tell you, I th I'm pretty sure that a lot of those Christmas movie channels are still going all year. I don't think all of them are, but I know some of them are. Um, but, you know, there are so many distractions from about mid-November to uh after you know January 2nd or January 3rd depending on when you go back to school when you go back to work from the holiday and you know with all those distractions sometimes it helps people to get through really hard times sometimes people don't feel as bad sometimes they feel worse okay like given any situation if you just you know, like I remember in 2019, you know, I usually enjoy Christmas. I've never, you know, I really enjoyed it when my son was young. It was just a riot. It was just fun because of his, his joy and happiness. But for myself, I love lights. I love the lights. I love the decorations. I love that people are nicer to each other. Give me Christmas, man. I like how people are nicer to each other. 
Um, I live in a neighborhood now. I've never lived in a neighborhood like this. But I don't, I don't know. I'm sure I didn't. I live in a neighborhood now where people are really nice to each other. They help each other. It's like if I want to, if I want, I'm putting that in air quotes. If I want to shovel my driveway when it's snowed, and it's, I've been shoveling a lot lately, I have to get out there really early because somebody's going to shovel that driveway for me if I don't get out there and do it myself. And so I try and get out there, shovel mine, and then by the time I'm finished shoveling mine, other people are out shoveling theirs or I'd shovel theirs too. I live in a, in a neighborhood where people are really kind to each other and how they are out in the rest of the world because, you know, I'm not out there very much, but they're kind to each other. And at Christmas time or at holidays time, the kindness even comes out because they, you know, it's like comes out more because there's more opportunity. But I would say that Kindness is something that really happens in the holiday season, and then it's over. <laughs> People get back in their cars, they start yelling at each other, they start screaming at each other, they start, you know, it's like the kindness thing is done. Pretty much. By the well, by by mid-January anyway. I felt bad for my son because my birthday is in December so it's already celebration time but I always felt bad for my son because this birthday is January 8th where everybody has stopped being kind all of the happiness is over and now you know it's like I made his birthday really special when I was young and I still try and do that as much as I can but he's married he has his own children so but, you know, he's never been, really been happy about his birthday because all that joy and happiness happened. But, you know, the other part that I think is really important to add to all this, that, you know, letdown, post-holiday letdown, is that this little thing that they call seasonal affective disorder or SAD, and there there is you know, research, there is empirical evidence that shows that this is a real thing and it happens in your brain. And that is that in, as, as the darkness happens, and it even is darker in the South where maybe they don't have snow and rain and all that other kind of stuff. And they're closer to the equator. Uh, the farther North you get from the equator, the darker it gets the sooner, you know, it gets darker sooner and and it gets lighter later. Okay? That's what happens during the winter time the farther north you go from the equator. And with that, you have less stimulation of the pituitary gland, which is the gland that releases serotonin into your brain. Serotonin and dopamine are nature's stabilizer. They make you feel stable and better and capable so that you get up and you feel like, I can do this. You even might get up and say, this is a good day. Well, in the dead of winter, the farther north you go, the harder it is to have that happen. Because, And it's not because there's something wrong with you. 
It's because most of us don't get those chemicals in our brain because we don't get the sunlight we need. And even if you're outdoors, say you live in, say, Seattle, where I lived a long time, and I was outside every day. I walked to work. When, when I, you know, when I wasn't working from home, I walked to work and, or I was out hiking or I was out, you know, I walked as much as I could, which was a lot. And, uh, I walked almost every day and I still had seasonal impact. Okay. Why is that? Well, because even if the sun's out, it's way far south. The farther north you get, whatever sunlight you get is way far south. And so the intensity of the sunlight isn't strong enough to create that chemical reaction that you need to have in your brain in order to feel stable. Okay? So, you know, it's like I said before about adding 12 to 25 points uh, from the stress scale. I always tell, I always told all of my, my uh, clients that, okay, first of all, in January, February, and part of March, probably, um, you just got to add maybe 20 points to that stress scale because you've got seasonal affective disorder. And even people who are born raised there, like my son, excuse me he's even born and raised in seattle and he would say yeah i you know i don't have that but i thought you know it's like he would sleep more here's what happens when you have seasonal affective you sleep more you gain a little weight and you feel kind of blah and you know it's like it's not for people who are born and raised in those environments they might not feel, they might not recognize that they have a depressive situation going on because of the lack of light, but they have it. They're just used to it every year. So, so they might not recognize it as much, although some do and some are really impacted by it. And they're usually people who already have depression. And most depression is caused by some major loss or some kind of traumatic event in a person's life. So, you know, they already have it. And then they feel the effects more profoundly. People who already have depression, who already have bipolar, who already have, you know, some kind of mental or psychological disorder, feel it more in those months. Okay. So I'm just saying that there is, that there is a letdown, but there's also, you know, everybody's feeling a little lower anyway because of it's the dead of winter for all those reasons I just said. But so you might say, well, but December is dark. Yes, it is. But the lights are on, Christmas lights. There are so many distractions that you really have to work at it to not have them, to not have distractions. And when you're distracted and you've got some kind of mental illness or some kind of psychological illness going on, 
If you can get distracted, you probably feel better at least for a little while. Now, I will say, however, that people have serious loss or serious pain or serious sadness going on in their life already. The, the happiness or the excitement or the distraction of the holidays might be too much to bear. And it just feels like it's even more profound. Uh, and so they might feel worse during the holidays. And guess what? They feel better when it's over. <laughs> so, you know, there might be letdowns for people that don't have that kind of deal. But there might be people that feel better once it's over. It's like, thank God that's over with. All right. So myself, I can identify that with that. Um, because I get... I get, I was impacted. I don't live in Seattle anymore. Um, most of the time. So, uh, I, I have sunshine in the winter. I mean, where I am now, it's like it snows like crazy, but then the sun comes out. And oh, by the way, it's does, it still gets darker sooner and lighter later, but not like before. All right. But in 2019, I started telling you this little story. In 2019, on December 17th, which was a few, you know, I told you I was born on December 2, so it was right near my birthday. My mother died. And so it hasn't been very long. And I was there with her when she died. I was, I'd been holding her hand. And uh, watching her breathe. And she died at about oh, five o'clock in the morning. And Christmas that year, my birthday that year, I was just glad it was over. And that's because I had a major loss in my life. You know, you might not, you know, appreciate parents all the time, but when they're gone, you feel it. And when my dad died, it was kind of like a way different experience. It was hard to recognize that, oh, dear, parent gone. That means <laughs> me. I'm probably next on the agenda. But, you know, I had a very powerful relationship with my mother. And, and it meant a lot to me that I could be there with her. But, you know, it was one of those years that, I was so glad it was over, that Christmas was over, that New Year's was over, that my birthday was over. I was glad it was over. And it wasn't like I was in profound, deep grief because my mother was elderly. Hey, I'm 72, so do the math. I was up there too. And, you know, by, by the time you're my age, and if you lose a parent at my age, that feels a lot different than if you are 12, okay? My mother needed me more than I needed her by then, except, you know, your parents are always your parents. And you can never, you can never really express how you feel, how you're going to feel, and how you really do feel when that occurs. If And if it's in the natural order of things your parents died before you okay and not when you're 12 or even 25 okay but 
like I said. But by the time holiday was over, um, I was back to thinking about, okay, I, I'm actually going to try and retire here and, you know, so I'm, you know, going to turn my practice over to the guy that I've been mentoring for years to take over that practice. And, uh, you know, I was back into that and I was still so I'm feeling sad. You know, there was times during the day or times at night where I just think about her and think about my relationship with her and I feel sad. But, you know, I realized that I used to be one of those people who would feel that great, you know, uh, disappointment, that great post-holiday letdown. And one of the things that helped, even when I was dealing with being in the dark all the time um, and having that seasonal issue go on, is that I changed the way I dealt with holidays anyway. You know, I still like to decorate. I still like the lights. I still like my favorite Christmas movies. I enjoy the heck out of how kind everybody can be. But my expectations are just that, you know, it'll come, it'll go. I will get to spend more time with maybe with people but that I want to be around, but probably not because I already spend time with those people. Um but my expectations are realistic, okay? I don't go out and buy extravagant gifts. I don't try and make up with gifts for what I'm not doing uh, on a regular basis, which is to let people know that I care about them and that um, they mean something to me. Uh, so I don't really feel that now. And, you know, the other part of that expectation is that I still have goals in my life. They're realistic. Okay. Um, my goals now are to live my life as fully as I can every day. And this year, one of my goals will be to find something besides work <laughs> that I want to do that give back. Okay. I'm, you know, I do what I can do anyway, but having worked all those years and been a single parent and writing a book, which is Iron Legacy, it's still out. Um, and, you know, hopefully it'll be on uh, the audio soon. Run into a little trouble with that, but soon. So I've been a little bit busy with those things. And, uh, but, I do want to do something that will give back and not just write a check to my, you know, to whoever I'm writing a check to. So I really have a goal to finally find something this year. Um, I have to be careful, though, like with all goals, I have to be careful that I'm doing it for the right reasons. Okay. And. And I also have to be careful that if it doesn't feel right, I won't do it. Not like, oh, well, if it doesn't feel right, do it anyway, because that's guilt-ridden thing you're 
you know, you've got time now, so you should be doing more of this, that, and the other thing. I spend a lot of my time as a person who's elderly taking care of myself, (laughs) getting the right exercise, eating right, getting enough sleep, you know, keeping my mind active. Those things, without those things, I can't do those other things that people try and guilt old people into doing anyway. (laughs) So, so, you know, I still, I've said that before, I'll say it again. Self-care is job one. If you think you're going to do anything else that matters in this world without doing self-care first, you're delusional, okay? You can't do it. You can't do those things unless you are doing, taking care of yourself. That's just a fact of life. You've got your primary source of transportation is your body. If you want to move from the bed to the mailbox, you need that body to move. And unless you're taking care of it, it's not going to. That brain of yours that you might take for granted as you're a young person, you need to take care of it, even as a young person. You need to take care of it, or it won't serve you for your whole life. It's the only get one body. You only get one brain. And it's your primary source of transportation. It is also your primary source of joy, happiness, love, And if you're not taking care of it, it's not going to give you much back. So goal, job one, self-care. Eat right, exercise. And I'm not talking about doing a gym. Take a walk. Take a 30-minute walk. I really don't know very many people. In fact, as I think about I don't know anybody who can't take a 30-minute walk. I do know one person, okay? And she's got severe Parkinson's. She can't take a 30-minute walk. But unless you've got a debilitating illness, you can take a 30-minute walk. Put your baby in the stroller. (laughs) You can take a 30-minute walk. That will give your body some exercise. Walking is still the best exercise. Now, everything I read and has been empirical evidence, obviously, because that's the one thing that has not changed. Exercise is your best, or walking is your best exercise. Vegetables are one of your best foods. Sleeping in a bed or, you know, wherever you're sleeping, make it comfortable, make it warm, and go to bed at the same time every night without screens. You know, if you're fighting with your spouse, recognize it'll still be there tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
You don't have to solve that today. Now, I've heard people say, oh, never go to bed in a fight. Never go to bed angry. Say, I don't think it's a good idea to go to bed fighting or angry. But if you're in your adult reality, if you've got your adult on board, you can say, you know, this fight we're having right now, it is now 10 o'clock. And Dr. Bevanley says, never, ever, ever try and solve a problem after 10 o'clock at night. Most of the time I say nine, but 10 is the max. Why? You're too tired. It's like I don't drive when I get tired. I don't try and solve problems when I get tired. Unless, you know, unless it's a crisis, an emergency. All right? But those don't happen very often. And guess what? That issue will still be there in the morning. So if we can just say... If we could just say, okay, self-care is job number one. I want that for my spouse, my children. I want that for the people I care about. I want it for all of you. Take care of yourselves. It's your primary source of transportation. It's the one thing you get to have for your own life, for your whole life. Eat right. Get exercise. Get sleep. The issue will still be in there there in the morning. Still go to sleep at the same time. If you can't sleep, go to any number of meditation apps or go online and look at your meditation. My meditation before there was apps, before there was computers, my meditation was in my mind with my with the darkness. And I'm in bed. I'm not reading. I'm not doing anything else. I'm counting backwards from 100. Or if I get to one, I start over again and count backwards from 100 to zero by two. If I'm still not there, I'm counting backwards from 100 to, you know, by threes. And I've never done that. I've always been asleep by then. Okay. It doesn't require, I'm, you know, you know this by me. You know this about me by now. I'm about simple. Make it simple. So that anyone can do it. Okay. Happy New Year. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.